nation is built on the spirit of its people. The test of greatness of any nation is how that nation pulls together in a time of crisis. The only limits on what we can achieve are the limits we place on our hopes. Tim Beers. Wow, how sobering. I'm Jason. I'm Gary. And we're not sober, baby. <laughs> yes, we are. Not yet. We're going to no, be... No. no, we're sober now. Oh. But we probably won't be later. Later. Yeah. Well, how you doing, buddy? Well, I don't have COVID-19, so that's good. Uh, that you know of. Yeah, that's a very good point. You didn't get it 14 days ago. We know that. But you yeah. may have got it 13 days ago. Could have, yeah. And tomorrow could be the day. Could have got it two days ago. Who knows? That's right. Just just don't know day to day. Just don't know. You surviving? Uh, yeah, yeah. Surviving pretty well, actually. You know, when you're a single guy, live by yourself, that's quarantine shit. It's the same shit every day. It's Groundhog Day. Yeah. There's nothing different. Your name's except, Bill Murray. Except I don't see as many people now. Well... It's just a crazy world, my friend. Crazy world. It is. Well, so you've uh, got the new job going, so we've oh, had yeah. a little hiatus <laughs> oh, trying yeah. to figure your schedule out. That's been just uh, that's been a crapshoot. You're getting two schedule changes a day, roughly. Um, you got to really pay attention to your schedule. It's kind of leveled off now that a lot of the buildings that we were working have closed. But, uh, yeah, very interesting. Well, sweet. Well, we're back. We're going to try to pop these out uh, once a week or so. And uh, tonight we got an interview coming at you, fresh off the press, with Flyboy Brewing. Yes. I believe uh, Ramey and Greg from uh, Parallel 45 and Ramey from Flyboy are yeah. going to join us. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, their purchase of Cascade Brewing. Yes, which if uh, you're keeping up on your brewing news at all, there was an article out just a couple days ago on that. So they've got a uh, transitional ownership that's going to occur over some time where they take on the company from Mr. Art Lawrence, the world-famous Art Lawrence. The legend. Still going to do the brew fest from what we hear. We're going to have to nail down Art, get his side of the story. Yeah. So... And then uh, we got some beer sitting in front of us. So we uh, during the during uh, the pre-funk of this thing, we uh, drink a Meridian Vanilla Stout from Ecliptic. Yep. Uh, I think we've had that a couple times on the we show. We have. Yeah. 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 Decent little go-to. It's around and available. Not too heavy. So it's good. And now we've got four golden sitting in front of us. Yes. What do you think? Well, I'm interested to see what's up your sleeve here. <laughs> Is there a style? Well, that's what I don't know. Does anything taste um, like saffron? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. No? So, I don't know yet. I haven't tasted anything. Oh, I thought you had the first one. Well, I did, but I, I'm, I don't know that I'm tasting saffron. Suffering saffron. But then again, I don't know that I could pick saffron out in a beer <laughs> if you told me to pull saffron out of a beer. What kind of? What's um, the style of beer? I'm tasting kind of fruity beers. Yeah, so that one's um, definitely got some fruits in it. Yeah, this is from our friends over at Hop Valley, and it's Operation Vacation IPA. Huh? Right there, my friend. What the? Operation Vacation IPA. Interesting. It's it's a very fruity IPA. This is an old IPA. It's been sitting on the shelf since October 23rd, 2019. So, huh. Yeah, there you go. It's interesting because I would not have put that in an IPA category with the tastes that I'm getting right now. True. True that. But we support local, and that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and we'll come at you with a few more things. So, All right. Well, what's going on? Hot Timbers news. Any Hot Timbers news? Aunt Noah had a baby. Ooh, that's well, right. he didn't have a baby. Hey. His wife had a baby. He's part of this thing. Well, he is, but he didn't birth it. He didn't birth it, but he had to stick it in to make no, it. No, I get all okay. that. Takes a man to make a man. Yeah, I understand. Takes a man to make a man? Where the hell does that come from? 
I think that was a direct quote of you earlier. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't come at me. Come at Gary. Yeah, come straight at me. <laughs> so, yeah, Jeff Antonella had a little baby, uh, brand new, I think, within the last day or so. Yeah. Um, timber season's on hold, as well as all other professional leagues. Yes. So uh, there's just not a lot buzzing. We're getting Diego Valeri playing guitar with his daughter a lot on the Instagram. Yeah. Um, Maris back on Twitter. Let's see. That's about it. That's all that's going on. They're pl- replaying all the Timbers games. Yeah, replaying all those. Yeah. yeah. They replayed the championship game. I saw Barry was doing like a play-by-play uh, Twitter thing on it. Interesting. Yeah. Shawnee, we don't have Wednesday night soccer going either. Yeah, and that uh, that's probably the, been the biggest hit to both my mental and physical psyche for this whole thing that's going on. Really? Why? Just the lack of exercise? Yeah, lack of exercise. Between, between the job that I have and the hours that I'm keeping, I just don't exercise as much as I should. And Wednesday soccer was was kind of that forced exercise piece for me, um, and I'm not getting that. I'm just not getting that. Let alone the camaraderie that it offered, hanging yeah, out with all those yeah, yeah, absolutely guys and girls. that. But yeah, well, yeah, just the way it goes. So yeah. Well, so let's uh, jump into this uh, interview with uh, our friends over at Flyboy slash Parallel Forty Five and uh, see what they have to say. Yeah. Hey, it's Jason from the Tim Beers here, and we are with the guys from two of the owners of Flyboy Brewing, and uh, they've agreed to come on the podcast during our COVID self-quarantine stay-at-home time frame here, and talk a little bit about Flyboy Brewing, and so we'll start off with you guys introducing yourselves. Yeah, uh, I'm Ramey Mount. Um, I am the owner and manager of Flyboy Taproom in Lake Oswego and a partner of the Flyboy Brewery and Pub in Tiger. Hey, and I'm uh, Greg Laird. I'm actually not part of Flyboy, but I'm one of the co-founders of Parallel 45 Brewing out of Independence, Oregon, and now have been with Cascade Brewing for going on about five days, I believe. Wow. (laughs) So not, not with Flyboy, so I did not realize that. So you're with Parallel... 45, and that started about a year ago, right? Yeah, we started uh, making beer. The first time we put beer out to the public was at the Cinco de Micro Festival in, in Salem. Sweet, sweet. Well, let's talk Flyboy real quick, uh, and the purchase, uh, we'll move into the purchase of Cascade. So, uh, Remy, why don't you tell us a little bit about Flyboy, where you guys are at, how you guys were founded. I know you have the two locations, soon to be much more than that. Uh, but walk us through Flyboy and introduce the listeners to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Flyboy Brewing as a brand was actually founded by Mark Becker, and he's also one of Greg and my business partners. Um, he started the Lake Oswego Tap House in April of 2014, um, and I took it over in April of – or not April, sorry, November of 2017 when – uh, shortly after he had opened the Tiger location, he just he had just gotten pretty busy with it um, and making sure that it uh, was successful. And the there's a bit of a difference between the two. Um, the tap room now has kind of evolved to cater to forming relationships with local breweries um, as well as breweries along the West Coast, Washington and California, and. Um, uh, periodically featuring, obviously, Flyboy Brews there. And it's more of a smaller tasting room style uh, growler station type place. And the Tiger Brew Pub has uh, definitely evolved into a full-on, full-menu um, brewery with, uh, on average, about 15 of our beers on tap. And that's just kind of uh, where it started and where it's gone right now with the two locations. We'll see where it goes in the future. Um, I definitely say straight up that the Flyboy and Cascade are two very different businesses, and we, we intend to keep them separate in that regard. Um, Cascade deserves is deserving of that sort of respect and everything, and it is just a different ballgame. 
Yeah, we'll jump we'll jump into that in a sec because I mean there's a ton of questions there and a ton to dig into, but I'm sure the listeners uh, are refreshed to know that uh, the Cascade stuff is not going to change that much, and we're going to kind of keep that same feel. So, um, but with Flyboy, so Mark and Christy founded Flyboy, and they founded the Lake Oswego location, and then opened up Tiger, and we we actually frequent the Tiger location, um, Gary and I, and so uh, wonderful place. A full menu, as you mentioned, also a bunch of beers. I didn't realize you guys had 15 beers of your beers on tap. Is that what you try to keep on tap all the time is 15 a year? Um, I'd say it, it kind of gravitates around that. Um, do two things right now, obviously, and the brewing schedule around that. It's probably not exactly 15. Right, right. Cool. And then um, – I also noticed at the Tiger location, it, there's a lot of West Coast beers there, too. So there's always a great selection, whether it be um, uh, something from Central Oregon or even up and down the I-5 corridor. You've always got good stuff on. I think I saw Pliny even on tap, what, a couple of days ago that you guys were advertising, yeah. too. So, yeah, there's a, you guys have a very, very good beer selection, uh, again, kind of showcasing the best of the Portland metro area. So something that we totally appreciate. Um, so talk to me a little bit about how this whole thing came about with Cascade. So we've had Art on the show multiple times, usually about Brewfest time. We connect with Art. Um, great guy, icon that we all know. Um, how did this sale go down? Who approached who? He quotes you as being a sour beer aficionado. Um, what happened? Yeah, that's actually um, a pretty, uh, not very long story, I guess. Um, I've been drinking Cascade beers for about as long as I can remember, or at least as long as um, I could drink, and I uh, discovered them. And that's, uh, that spans things across, like, uh, Lambics and um, Creeks. And um, when I discovered Cascade, I just it's a whole other level there with the whole barrel aging program and sort of the blending and everything and the care and almost the art that goes into it. And so to me, um, Cascade's up there, you know, on a top list uh, along with other brews um, such as The Guard, um, Dre Fontaine and, and Boone and other things that from overseas. Um, so I've been frequenting Cascade for a long, long time. When I had moved about five or six years ago, I switched from frequenting the Barrel House to frequenting the Beaverton location, um, the Lodge. And I ran into art probably almost every time I went there. And we just got to know each other, talking, um, became kind of acquaintances uh, slash friends. And from there, he, I think he just kind of knew the enthusiasm I had uh, for Cascade itself, as well as our beers plus the enthusiasm around just uh, craft beer in general with the tap room. Um, we sold Cascade there. Uh, he's delivered to us before and would run into him and talk to him there. And I think it just kind of grew organically after that. Sweet. And so uh, then in co- then comes the business partnership, right? So you're talking to Mark and Christy, you're talking to Brian, and then you bring Greg in. Greg, how did you come into the fold here, right? So you're at Parallel 45, you're opening a new brewery, um, what happened? Yeah, um, uh, let me get into that. One thing I, I wanted to say on the, the part with Ramey and Art, I, when I did come in, I got to see the two of them interacting with each other, and it was, it was really cool for me to come in and see this kind of very like, wholesome mentor-mentee relationship going on between them. Um, and yeah. that just kind of, I just thought that was a super cool uh, element to this whole thing uh, when, when I got brought in. So Ray and I actually had the opportunity to work together in a, in a former life uh, in a professional services firm uh, doing a lot of software development um, work where we did – I worked on the, on the product side, more of the market-facing. What do we build? Why are we building it? What's it for? And how does it tie into our business model? So he and I got a chance to, to work together there. Um, and so then I started up Parallel 45 with um, an old roommate of mine from college and um, and start, that was kind of my introduction into the into the beer world, where I'd spent the majority of my career in healthcare. So after about 
a year or so of that, some of the Parallel 45 beers were, were coming up to, to Flyboy. And so Ramey and I got to kind of work together again after we've been separated for a while, um, but, but with more of a beer focus. And so, yeah, when he, when he said that this was an opportunity, he, he'd reached out to me and said, hey, love to pick your brain and talk about this a little bit. And I thought, it, I thought it was a, you know, just some, some little thing that he was, uh, he, he had had the opportunity to come into. And then when he told me what the, what the deal really was, I, not sure if I actually believed him like straight away, but <laughs> after about five minutes of talking about it, I was like, oh wow, like this is, this is real. Like this is, this is what you're talking about. This is a, this is a huge deal. Um, and a really great opportunity for us to kind of continue a legacy and engage in this industry and just in a lot more than we have than we had to date. So very very excited. Sweet. So tell us a little bit about Parallel Forty Five. If the listeners may not be familiar with Parallel Forty Five, maybe they are. But what are you guys known for? Where are you at? Uh, what is your brewery known for? Yeah, we are um, down in Independence, Oregon. Um, so that's a little bit southwest of uh, Salem, uh, so just south of West Salem, and it's uh, right near Monmouth, uh, Oregon, which has Western Oregon University, we're about a mile and a half away. Uh, we're in the Old City Hall building. Um, I don't know that our, our production has, has been enough to really get up into the Portland market, so I think a lot of your Portland listeners, uh, most of them probably haven't, haven't heard of us. Um, we're, we're more focused right now in the Polk and Marion County areas. And we really uh, went into that area. My my business partner is a um, was a fermentation science major, graduated from Oregon State uh, with that, and then spent 15 years as a food scientist, uh, leading research and development at Trit Brothers, which then got up, bought out by Seneca, and really just wanted to get back into the the beer business. Um, our our approach is to really just create very clean, accessible beers uh, really nail the styles very well our focus is on ales and lagers um, and that's where that's where we're at i think the the beer that's probably picked up the most steam and gotten the most notoriety is a, a health lager that we make sweet sweet you guys make a kolsch by the way we don't we haven't gotten in, into that yet um okay we've got the the mexican lager and the and the german health lager the health, yeah, excellent. Well, yeah. to make a road trip down and check you guys out down there. So, let's talk. Go back to Ramy. Ramy, a little bit about you talked about the vision of uh, what you see and the partners see as it relates to this purchase, not being the one to change and shake the snow globe and uh, destroy the things that arts build, but really help move it forward um, from where it's at. Can you talk a little bit about? Um, Kind of what your guys' plans are, what this thing looks like uh, over the next six months, a year. So I know it's a transitional ownership piece, right? So you are going to stay on as an advisor and some stuff there. But what talk to the listeners a little bit about what this looks like moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, um, I put we've we've gathered a team of people: uh, Mark Becker, Brian Kovac, and Greg there, uh, and myself. Um, so. Uh, I hopefully maybe Greg can chime in too if he has some comments. But yeah. really, like you said, we're we don't want to reinvent the wheel. Um, we want to keep a good thing going, but we also recognize too that um, there are opportunities for growth. There's opportunities for trying some new things, um, seeing what sticks. Um, there were some comments the other day that I read. Um, there were worries that the Glue Creek might be discontinued. That would be absolutely crazy on our part. That is my favorite <laughs> beer, um, or well up there on the list. I love the Glue Creek, so that is not going anywhere. Um, really, the plans are, obviously, priority number one is to weather this current climate, um, this current storm, and get all the employees back on board and really just carve out a, a vision for growth and um I guess, clear-cut roles and responsibilities that really can allow us to best utilize the talents that are already, that already exist. Um, I fully rec- we fully recognize that the people in place right now have a lot to offer. I think it's been difficult, um, especially given the current climate, um, that for them to really go after some more creative ideas sometimes um, because 
sometimes uh, people have to wear a lot of hats. And I think if we can provide a um, sort of support and facilitation, um, maybe fill in some gaps, take some things, uh, uh, some loads off of people's shoulders and things like that, and just really allow the current talent in place to um, go above and beyond, I think that a lot of that stuff will come organically in terms of the growth, um, as well as, you know, just uh, strategic partnerships, strategic collaborations, um, and other things around that. Um, but again, Greg uh, tends to be a bit more of the mastermind for things like that, given his background. So uh, it'd be awesome if he could comment. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with everything that Ramey just said. Uh, I, I would add, I guess, or just um, maybe put a point of emphasis on Cascade really has done an amazing job of just expanding the mind uh, when it comes to beer uh, for, for, the, for the typical beer connoisseur, just pushing some boundaries, doing revolutionary stuff. Uh, it's just kind of in the DNA of the company, and you can, you can see that when you talk to the people there. Um, so when Ramey's talking, you know, I, I think we, we want to continue to enable that and let the folks that are there uh, push those boundaries, bring new things, bring things to more people, and really just expand what's going on uh, in, in the beer world, not just, not just focus on the, on the status quo. So that's, we're going to do that with the team. Um, we're not coming in with these preconceived notions of the 10 ways to do that effectively, um, but there's definitely we, we want to support that, and so we're going to come in and make sure that we, we can support the team and add, add value where we can, um, whether that be taking on responsibilities to let people to do that or to help, help drive some of the innovation. Um, but that's, that's definitely something that Cascade's always done, and we want to keep it, keep it alive and well there. I think everybody's relieved after hearing that. So, but two fine points that we've heard, are, and you guys already touched on one of the beers, but um, the white stout that uh, Raccoon Lodge has had on tap forever. People want to know if you're going to keep still doing that, as well as Bubonic Plague and that annual release they do of Bubonic Plague. So from what I hear, you guys aren't changing much. You're going to allow things to kind of just continue on and maybe make some small tweaks to grow in general. But that said, they've been very successful, so you still plan on having some of those flagship beers available. Yeah, definitely. Um, those those beers, uh, Blue Creek and the Mold Apple and all of that, they're definitely going to continue being part of the brew schedule. Um, I think what's, what's beneficial um, and the opportunity that we have is that there are some, uh, there's some bandwidth left in that brewing schedule. And I think we really want to sit down with the team and discuss how we want to uh, fill those areas and augment that for the best growth. And you know what? I mean, at the end of the day, we could, we could run with something um, that goes to market, maybe doesn't get the best reception, and that's great. That feedback's awesome. We fail fast and iterate, and we just continue to improve and grow based on the feedback and everything that goes on around that. Perfect. Well, let's switch gears over to COVID and where we're at right now. Uh, so how are beer sales doing? Obviously, the kitchen's probably shut down. Are you guys doing takeout of the kitchen's? I'm interested in hearing from the Parallel 45 side and the Flyboy side. So if you both could address how the breweries are doing, how beer sales are doing, and how, what you guys are doing to kind of um, circle the wagons at this point. Uh, yeah. So at the tap room, we're, we are doing to-go only, obviously. Um, it, it has been a little slower, but I would say that the support from a lot of our regulars and uh, the community has been awesome. Um, at the Agrarian Pub, same, same sort of result. We've uh, had to cut back hours, which is hard, but we're doing our best to continue to support and pay all the employees as best we can. Um, and Cascade itself as well at the, both the Barrel House and the Lodge are doing limited hours with to-go offerings as well. We are hoping um, come, uh, don't quote me on this, but sometime next week if everything's in place and we've got everything, all our ducks aligned to start offering a delivery service uh, from the Cascade Barrel House. And then we presently and very recently started a delivery service from the tap room. Sweet. Craig, what about Parallel 45? How are you guys doing? 
I, we're doing all right, I guess, all things considered. So we don't have a kitchen or, or restaurant tied into the, the brewery at this point in time. Uh, it's really just for production. Um, so sales in, in March were, were okay. There's still a lot of beer moving from tap houses and places doing uh, growler fills or, or canning uh, stuff for to-go. Um, and at, at Echo, I think the, the local community support down there has just been fantastic uh, just to try to keep those businesses going to them as much as they can. Um, a lot of the the rules or thinking has been, you know, only only clean growlers, only cans uh, for for filling and doing to go. And um, so we had bought a bunch of stuff, a uh, bunch of of growlers and things like that for to be able to use in in our place once we were open. Um, but just given the the circumstances, you know, we've been trying to get that into the hands of the the um, Cap houses and a couple of the restaurants around town that are doing growler fills to go, just so they have some new clean materials to to use to bottle stuff up and, and get it out to people. So that's been it's been keeping us afloat. Um, obviously, I think everybody is uh, if if you're paying attention to running a small business, right? Everybody's applying for some of the relief grants and things that are going on out there. So we'll be engaging in some of those uh, <laughs> plans as well, and hopefully that'll get us through you know the few months and. And we won't be in this situation for much longer. Yeah, no, awesome point because I think a lot of small business folks are looking at those, uh, the loans and grants and things like that that are out there, as well as some of the work share type stuff that's going on where, again, you can cut cut hours back of your employee instead of laying them off and then apply for a work share where there's a subsidy given for their hours to the state of Oregon. So there's a bunch of creative ways I think breweries can kind of keep folks on and uh, kind of weather this. Um, but the question, I guess, is for how long, right? So before we start to see an implosion with all within all of services, not just brewing. Um, and so, again, I think the idea of just buy local beer and go to your tap house and buy beer and go to your breweries and buy beer from them um, is the message, right, to keep you guys afloat. Yeah, that would be Yeah, fantastic. I definitely agree. Um, I, I'd like to also add too that I think one of the coolest things that I've seen, um, besides just you know the community support and everything, is the support from other businesses and other local breweries. Um, there, uh, for example, um, I'd like to give a shout out to like Hoffman Court and Mount Table Brewing. Um, people that are part of those businesses have also helped us in some way, shape, or form whether it be informing us of some new application that's available or helping us find a resource for, for example, 16-ounce crawlers um, because those are those have been hard to find and we're, we're burning through them quickly. But that support is really awesome. Um, it's, it's almost touching. Um, it's super appreciated. Um, we, we gladly return the favor at every opportunity possible. And I think that that sort of collaborative nature between all these small businesses in this area is super key. Yeah, massive, massive, all sorts of camaraderie, almost all hands on deck, and the support of the local community, mm -hmm. whether they're brewers or even, again, health workers, first responders, those types of folks. I think everybody's just – it's good to see everybody pitching together versus fighting at this point. So For sure. Um, Definitely. Here, you have anything there? I do, yeah. So one of the questions that, that definitely pops up in my mind, especially looking at what has been going on from a small business level standpoint, but, but also at the larger scales, is we, we look at the current environment, how is your guys' supply chains doing to be able to continue to make the beer that everybody's wanting to buy? Um, I, I can Greg might have to answer that a little better than I, um, since I'm mostly involved in the day-to-day -day with uh, the tap room, which is primarily local and West Coast guest taps. Um, it's a little bit different for me since I'm going through a lot of distributors. Right. Okay. Yeah, the a lot of the the suppliers of raw materials and things are considered to be um, essential services. Uh, they're they're kind of in the food food production space. So um, the, the folks that we've used, and, and a lot of them being kind of local in Oregon um, or Washington, have, um, have all kind of reached out and, um, and said, 
that you know they still have they still have materials and, and they're still taking orders. Um, they're being a little bit more structured and fewer options in terms of when the deliveries um, can can happen. Um, but they're still they still have some of the products. Um, I, I I feel like I need to look it up to get the the name right. One of the hop farmers uh, out of Woodburn has actually even reached out and um, and they they've offered some some financing options effectively where they're they're willing to delay payment um, on oh, some of the hops that that we order as a way to get it into the brewery's hands so they can continue to do, do production. Um, right. And I, I you know that was just like wow that's really cool um, that people are are willing to 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 do some things like that. Um, to in order to try to get some of the production made, and then you know once the sales can pick up a little bit, then we can we can pay some of those bills. So they're definitely working with uh, with people to try to try to keep it all going. But they're they're still producing their products too, so the, the products are definitely still available. I think it's just people have to figure out what's the new normal and what's the new pace. So if you're doing a brew a week, are you still doing a brew a week? Are you doing a brew every other week? Uh, and what's and how do you get that that inventory right and then work with those distributors to make sure that you're getting the products you need at that at that right pace. Right. And then somebody touched on it a few minutes ago, but um, I think it was with the 16-ounce crawlers. From a distribution standpoint, as far as supplies go, how are you guys anticipating that panning out going forward Knowing that it seems like there could be a shortage now on some of that stuff. Yeah, there's. Um, I mean, so this is definitely largely just what I hear from a lot of people in the industry. But there is an approaching shortage just because everybody's having to move to crawlers to canning because draft isn't obviously moving as quickly. Um, I think uh, we we are kind of lucky in so much as we had orders in uh, months ago for pallets that uh, are branded pallets. But it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. I, I do think, too, that there are options. There's definitely options. Um, one thing that we've been doing for uh, at the Tap House, when we were running low on crawlers and we were kind of trying to juggle whether or not we needed to conserve them, uh, was, hey, let's just sell the glass growlers, 32-ounce, 64-ounce, at cost. And that gives people an option. Um, so that is one option that we have. I know that there's a handful of businesses, very local, that have stock of 32-ounce and 64-ounce growlers. And so I would, uh, we've been trying our best to support them in buying those in some amount of bulk and offering them to our customers as well. And uh, there's even 16-ounce glass container options, too, that we can look into if it comes down to it. And I think at the end of the day, too, um, it, it, like I said, it helps that local business. And uh, if it, we can keep things local, if we can keep things kind of community-driven and collaborative, uh, I think we can all weather the storm. Perfect. Well... I think that was a great way to end uh, the interview for your, for you guys. I appreciate you guys' time. We wish you luck. We will continue to frequent uh, the tap houses. Encourage, again, the listeners to go out and support your breweries and support the tap houses um, to keep things moving. And uh, we'll all weather this uh, sooner, hopefully, rather than later. So with that, again, Ramey and Greg, thank you very much for the interview. All right. We're back. <laughs> Awesome interview with the guys there. Yeah. So um, thank you guys for uh, coming on. Really appreciate that. Yeah. Remy and Greg, outstanding guys. Uh, Sounds like the whole team, Mark, Christy, Brian, Remy, and Greg, have a very good plan moving forward. Yes. Sounds like Cascade's in the right hands moving forward. Also to the listeners, it sounds like you're not going to lose your favorite beers like Bubonic Plague, right? No. That's your favorite beer. No. No? No. I love no, bubonic no. plate. I love the white stout. The white stout's fantastic. I love the white stout. So, uh, but yeah, they need your support. So buy beer from them and uh, save jobs, save your breweries, save people. 
What are you What are you drinking now? Jesus. I don't know. That third one just kicked me in the teeth. <laughs> I would definitely put that in the IPA category. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so n- number two was oh, the yeah. Atomizer Ultrasonic Infusing Pale. So re- read to the read to the listeners what you read to me earlier on that label. It's an ultrasonic infused pale atomized hops for ultrasonically tasty beer. So what the hell are atomized hops? Do, <laughs> do they send these suckers over to the CERN uh, super collider and just run them through that tunnel real quick, smash them into something, and then bring them back? No, that's exactly what happens. They bring them over it. to France, and they uh, just smash the hops, and then <laughs> they throw the beer at the hops that's in air, and that you've got that. Yeah, your hops have been atomized, sir. Here you go. Yeah, I don't know. These are the guys at Full sales. I'm sure they got it figured out. So. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, atomized hops, and it's not too bad. Really, really bright color on the thing. Yeah, so. yeah. But, yeah, I think people are just trying to stand out and do stuff that's different. Atomizing their hops. So a number three, you just about uh, lost your shit on. Yes. So super bitter. So it tastes any saffron on that? I don't know what it is about you and saffron, but I, I can't. No. No. Not unless saffron's bitter. That is not a uh, saffron ale. Yeah. This okay. is Double Mountain's juicy, clearly not hazy IPA. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Juicy. Are you getting the theme now? Yeah, I think we're drinking IPAs. It's just hops. Hops tonight. Just hops. Yeah. Yeah, okay, sure. Because you got to support your hop farmers. Well, sure. Yeah. We can't let those guys go under. No, and, and Easter's coming up, so you got the hoppity Easter bunnies. So right. I see where you're going with yeah, this. Yeah, it's the yeah. hops with the Easter bunny. Yeah. So, bok, bok, Easter bunny. So, um... Interesting stuff going on in this world right now. Yeah. Yeah. Juicy IPAs. As long as you haven't been hiding under a rock or anything, right? You, you actually know what's going on in the world. Well, there's a lot of ass hattery going on as well <laughs> that people that think they know just talking shit. Yes. So, um, whether I should wear a mask or not wear a mask or wear gloves, not wear gloves. So it's like, dude, just pick a lane, stay in it. Yeah. Um,. I'm unfortunately of the mindset of uh, give it to me, see if I can beat it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not too far off of that. I, but. I'm probably not the right guy to to have that mindset with, you know, heart conditions. But because apparently it's hard on people with those. It's got a hard on on people. Yeah, it's got a hard on. Yeah. Coronavirus got a hard on for people. That's a great way to, to look at this whole outbreak. Uh, yeah, probably. A little round, bastardy looking virus that uh, yeah. has got a bunch of peckers on the outside. So, it's yeah. super excited for mankind. Mankind. And womankind. Are you drinking that fourth one? Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> I actually like the fourth one. Do you really? Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. Um, IPA still? Fuck, I don't know. It's the malted milkshake style IPA. Well, there you have it. Who makes that? Hey, just enough. Enough of that. I'm looking. <laughs> You're looking for who makes it? It's from Full Sail Brewing. They don't, well, they didn't got it anywhere on the damn label. Oh, it's not on the label? No. What the? It's a little mini neck label. It says oh, Full Sail in like God, eight point yeah. font. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So malted milkshake style IPA, and it says it is thick and creamy milkshake style in your face. I'll give them that. It's thick, it's creamy, and it's in your face. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see if you can pull that out anywhere off that label. It's from wholesale there, so... Thick and creamy in your face. Milkshake IPA. That's for you, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> well, we used to get good interviews. We don't get interviews anymore. So. <laughs> it's because we can't go anywhere. Right. Yeah, we're yeah. stuck at home. No. We got a great interview tonight, though. 
And the interview was fantastic yeah. until everybody listens to this podcast and they're like, those jackasses. <laughs> Andre Miner from the Oregonian already is like making fun of us. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, you guys going to talk about penises again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. Yeah, that's an everyday occurrence, yeah. I guess. Yeah, we're just you know, regular red-blooded people. It happens. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not finding that description anywhere on this bottle. Thick and creamy? Or yeah. full sale? <laughs> or in your face. Uh, <laughs> no, I found the full sale part. That was on the neck, but... <laughs> but on the actual label, no. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What are you brewing? Nothing. Why? Um, I've got to figure out how to get yeast. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to go there with you. <laughs> There's a yeast shortage, you know that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. There is. Yeah, bread yeast. Yeah. Not brewer's yeast. Well, we can't get brewer's yeast because nobody's open. Everybody's exactly. sheltering in place. Yeah, exactly. So, And Amazon takes like twice as long to deliver now yeah. so because they're prioritizing. You know, I've been a little bitter about that. I ordered a couple things from Amazon thinking, okay, I'm Amazon Prime guy. I'll get this in two days. No problem. Something real easy. Yeah. I'm not getting it till like the 18th of April. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah, see? They're prioritizing ass wipe delivery and bleach bleach wipes. Apparently, yeah. Well, the same thing. I like waited on. I think it, like my birthday, I ordered something. Like, yeah. So beginning of March. And you're still waiting. No, I literally got it today. Oh. So. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, and it's been a little while. So. Yeah, things are just slowing down in this world. So, and well, you don't get to work from home. I don't work from home. No. I'm essential. No. You're essential. Yeah. Deb's working from home. Yeah, about those working from home people. How's that going to treat us? Yeah. How you know what's that do? What's that do for businesses down the line? How is that going to play out? Um, what I find very interesting here is we're finding that a lot of companies can perform a lot of the same business that they were doing prior to COVID nineteen. Without their employees being in the office. So are they going to come to the realization that they don't need this office space anymore and therefore don't need to be paying these high leases to these building owners? That could collapse the real estate market. Yeah, I don't know. I think that I think the things that we took for granted as far as all the stuff we've needed to have and all the things that we've needed to do. I think this is this pause will make us reevaluate things. And oh, I, no. At least no. for the short term. And maybe, then I, yeah, maybe short term. But as you and I both know, mankind has got a very short memory. Oh, yeah. So we'll forget this happened, you know, a year or two after it hits. Um, and everything will go back to what people would like to call normal, but... You know, standard whatever is at that time. So, yeah, there's a lot of discussion about uh, work from home, and for a while prior to the epidemic, there was discussions about well, we need a four day work week, we need three day weekends, yeah. and all this other stuff. And and essentially, they've done that. And then groups of employees wanted to work from home in their home office, that they're more productive. And then all of a sudden, we get this. And for me, the big question is, from a performance management side of things, how do you measure productivity? Right. Um, and so in the office, um, with a manager and a traditional management structure overseeing what people do, you get an idea of productivity. Yep. But I think that changes when you're in the office, right? So if I'm going for four walks a day and I'm doing yoga and then I'm also getting work done, the same amount of work, um, what is that saying about my productivity in the office versus not being in the office? <laughs> or moreover, yeah. do I need to pay you for all of those hours that I've been paying you, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah there's, yeah. there's all th sorts of things that we can unfold out of this thing. Right now we're in that soft, sensitive phase where nobody wants to question this because we're being forced to do this. Yes. But I think when we look back there's on gonna this There's going to be time, a lot of analytics that happen. Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be interesting. Um yeah. 
And we've already done some of this with the world, right? With remote workplace monitoring and some of that. But um, it'll be interesting to see how the world changes and how the business world changes. Your job and my job doesn't change, but no, there's a lot of office workers whose jobs are going to change that way. Oh, absolutely. I, I think business going forward after COVID-19 will be a completely different landscape. Indeed. What's also not going to change is the, uh, well, I, should, I shouldn't say that. I, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the beer world. So we noticed a bunch of contracture happening in the Portland area due to oversaturation and big, huge uh, icons dying because they failed to stay relevant. Right. And I think, does this accelerate that in another month when these things open up? Um, or does everybody run back to their breweries and their tap houses and, and then the market just revitalizes and comes back? I don't know. You know, that'll be interesting to find out because I saw a statistic the other day that said uh, alcohol sales in the U.S. are up 55% since the COVID-19 outbreak. Now, is that I would love to see the breakdown on alcohol, whether that's hard alcohol, wine, and beer all lumped together, or do they have a breakout of, of what does that increase? Where's the main contributor to that? Yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time. I have a hard time believing everything is great, right? Because you have tap houses that no longer are full. They're doing right. walk-up growler fills, and you can't tell me it's the same level of traffic. No. Other than people are buying sixty-four ounces at a time or thirty-two ounces at a time instead of a pint at a time. So. Well, you know, you, you, it's interesting to bring that piece of it up. Is is a lot of people would think that due to them not working or them not being at work as much that they're well with the tap house itself being closed down, you wouldn't have that social atmosphere. You wouldn't have people buying as much. Blah blah blah. But now you got people stuck at home, can't go do anything. I think a lot more people are drinking more from home. Do you think so? I think so. Probably. But then with that, um, all of these kegs that are sitting in every bar, yeah, every that's, restaurant. That's a bad piece there, I think. But There's a lot of beer that's going to get wasted. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, agree. do you really, really want a beer that's been sitting around for a month and a half? Probably not. What are you talking about? We age beer all the time. Well, yeah, we're drinking this atomizer <laughs> that's been sitting here since 2019, but... But no, I mean, kegs go bad, right? And, they do, yeah. And especially when you're talking about stuff that's got, like, a bunch of hops in it that you want to taste um, or smell, like, all of the aromatics and all that stuff come off. Right. right? So, And then you worry about dirty tap lines and all that other stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how much beer gets wasted, but that's got to affect. Keg sales have to be down. And all of the kegs that are sitting in cold storage waiting for somebody to drink them, I feel bad for because... We need to reach out and drink those kegs. <laughs> kegs have feelings, too. <laughs> oh. Don't you feel bad? Yeah, I do, but there's no solution because we can't congregate. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to send a keg to everybody and do a virtual bar party. You know, I don't get the $600 the federal government's giving out. You don't either, huh? Nope. But you know what? If they would send me a keg, I wouldn't bitch about the keg or about the six hundred bucks. Oh. A keg to everybody that didn't get six hundred bucks. Yeah, I would do it. Sure, one keg. Doing your part, right? Doing my part. <laughs> Getting rid of that excess beer that's just gonna go to waste and cost somebody money to dispose of. That's right. So, all right, if you're a brewery or a tap house owner, uh, email the Portland Tin Beers. We'll take kegs off your hands. Don't dump the beer. Don't let it rot. Yeah, don't do it. Just give us the beer. Send it to us. And what we'll do is we'll call our friends up. We'll stand six feet apart. And we'll stand six feet apart, yeah. We'll have a six-foot tap line that comes off of the thing. Multiple six-foot tap lines. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Just wide off. And everybody stands in like a wagon wheel that's six feet apart. Yeah, yeah. Under ten people, though. We we might be able to pull this off. I think we could. New style brew fest. And we could put a big screen in the middle of it that, that looks like whoever the tap house is that supplied it looks like their interior. And instead of playing slap the bag, we can play slap oh, the keg. Oh, boy, there it went. <laughs> no? You don't want to play slap the bag? No. Why? 
<laughs> you get sick when you play slap the bag. You don't get sick when you play slap the keg. Depends on how much that keg you're drinking. It's full of blackberry. No. White cloth. No, not going there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, play this little interview from our friend Sharon over at Above the Rest Brewing. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be a good little revisit. This is kind of a, I guess, a tiger theme. Tiger Flyboy and Tiger yeah. Above the Rest. Tiger Night. So Sharon's, uh, well... We'll let you listen to the interview, and we'll come back. Tim Beers. I'm Jason. And I'm Gary. We're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. We talk a little bit about soccer, beer, and pretty much whatever else we want to talk about. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. How about you? I am well, yeah. So uh, we are here uh, doing an interview at Above the Rest. We are. A place that we've both uh, frequented Quite a bit over the years, mm-hmm. so I think uh, I've been coming here about 20 years, I'm guessing. I mean, it's been a long time. Had a little hiatus there where I wasn't uh, wasn't, wasn't brewing. brewing, yeah. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's bring on Sharon, and we'll have you uh, introduce yourself, Sharon, to the listeners and have them uh, go ahead and tell us where you're at, where you're located, um, and kind of what your specialties are. Hi, my name is Sharon Hurd, and I'm at Above the Rest, the owner, and I've been here 27 years, and we're in Tigard on the corner of Holland 99. And uh, we specialize in grains and hops, and we have s- several large varieties of different kinds of hops, and we do cheese-making supplies and kombucha supplies and... Uh, we just have a lot of fun here. We put together recipes for you, and just uh, just come on down and see us. It'd be great. Yeah. So g- again, Gary and I've been shopping here for quite some time together, um, and then I've been shopping here since the nineties, late ninety, no, maybe two thousands. Ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah, I mean, a long time. So, uh, but fantastic place. Uh, lots of grains uh, that winemakers uh, could do. A hundred years old. Online, um, which we've kind of known. Um, but if they don't pay attention to that piece, then it does impact them. Well, and, and I think that, that that's really going to get magnified in today's environment with the COVID-19. Because you're not going to have just the pop-in guy that wants to stop in and talk about something um because you can't have them in there right totally you know it's going to be the online presence that they have so the guys that that noticed that things were going more online and and they geared themselves more towards online i I think are going to come out of this a little bit better off than some of the others i would agree and i think that uh everybody's kind of navigated into that space so, how was that? What was that? A Frankenbeer? Nope. What the hell was that? That's not Operation Vacation or Operation Vacation. Oh yeah, it's uh, got a lot of vitamins in the bottom. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Mm, <laughs> is that the sludge at the bottom? Yes, oh. it is. <laughs> Are you getting a lot of peach notes off of that? Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's interesting to see Actually, how this pear pear pear, pear notes. Pear. Um, how this thing transforms based upon having to stay at home. But as far as I know, not a lot of these guys are shipping um, homebrew supplies right now. No. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, so. and, and I think the guys that are homebrewers, too, now that they, uh, depending on what their jobs are, if, if they're they're non-critical, are they're at home now, and if their spouse is also non-critical, or even if they're they're critical, right? I'll bet the honeydew lists are huge. Oh, massive! Yeah. So brewing gets put way, way, way on the back brewer as far as home brewing goes because you got a huge honeydew list, and your significant other is going to be like, "What'd you do all day?" And yeah. you don't want to say brewing because that's that's not on that list. Yep. Totally. Hey, so uh, have you reached out to Pelican yet? No, I have not. No? Uh, and, and the reason I have still have not reached out is, one, you got the COVID-19, so no idea when that's going to end. But, two, um, I need some 
consistency in my schedule before I can try and set anything up. Well, I have not reached out to Waltz, so I'll reach out to Waltz this week. Okay. Um, and we'll try to hook something up there with them. And then, yeah, we got to do that. Because, I mean, we may just have to change this over to just a phone interview with Pelican, as much as I'd hate not to do that. Um, or we, yeah, or, yeah. Well, we talked about doing where we go and visit, right? So, and we may need to just push it off a few months or yeah, a, I mean, a few weeks and we'll, we'll figure it out. But. I think we're going to have to push it off more than that. Just from the simple standpoint that a lot of coastal towns right now, even if we tried to go out there, don't want us out there. Yeah. Well, so let's but, let's reach out and just have the conversation and see what the, they're doing. So Yeah. Um, I did get uh, reached out to on Instagram by the folks that sandboard down in Southern Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. They actually started following us on Instagram, but then uh, they started following the podcast and downloaded the podcast and made oh, cool. comment cool. on our uh, sand skiing episode. Well, I got their waxes, so I'm excited to try those. So that's huge. But um, yeah, and I've got planks. I just need to come up with boots next time I go to Sun River. Yeah. And uh, find some old gnarly boots that I can fit into. Clip in, and then we are set. I say we're sand skiing this summer as long as things open back up. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. I think they'll open back up. Well, and the beauty of it is we can combine the sand skiing with the trip to Pelican. Yeah, totally. I think that's, that's, that's totally what, what we do. That's what will be awesome. And then we can start working on getting like a sand skiing competition set up or something. I don't know. Well, we got to go a few times, but yeah. after that, once we get gnarly awesome after a couple times of going... Well, we could just be the drunk judges sitting there with commentary, too. No way, dude. I'm going to own this thing. <laughs> you and I are going to do awesome. We're going to own the tandem sand skiing event. Oh, Jesus. Synchronized Don't sand tell me skiing. it's side by side. Yeah. Okay. And then you're going to grab my waist, and then I'll grab your waist, and we'll do the like the dipsies between each other's legs. There's probably not enough beer on the planet <laughs> for that to happen. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We got to try it though. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Talking about this thing for a year, and we, we have yeah. make it happen. And I know I've had that that wax for pretty close to a year now. You have, yeah. It's not going to go be good forever, is it? So, well, I think that's all I got, buddy. So, you got yeah. anything else? No, no. Just finishing off my tasters. It's finishing off the tasters. Well, huge thanks to Flyboy Brewing again, Ramy and Greg um, from Parallel Forty Five. And Ramey from Flyboy, um, new owners, as well as Mark and Christy and Brian, uh, Flyboy Brewing. Thank you for the interview. Uh, we would love to come out at some point, and hopefully, if you have an official official night of your takeover or something like that, maybe we can go out and have a pint of White Stout or something. Yeah. Um, Gary and I are in over at the Tiger location quite often, but it sounds like we need to go over to Lake Oswego and go see Ramey. Sounds like it. Yep. And then we definitely have a road trip down to Independence, it sounds like we need to make. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But with that, thanks, gentlemen, for the interview. Sharon, thank you for your interview. Uh, if you get a chance, listeners, go out to Above the Rest Homebrewing, visit Sharon Check out Sharon and buy your homebrew gear from her. And if you don't homebrew, learn to homebrew from her. Yeah. Um, if you want to make wine, she sells that stuff too. So check her out. Tiger. I think they even do cheese making stuff. Cheese making? Yeah, cheese. Wow. Got to have some cheese with your wine. True. Cheese making. Do yeah. they do soap making? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. Well, there you go. Everything you need. Cheese. <laughs> Wine, beer. Beer. It all comes together. It does. And Sharon's not short on yeast. She's got all sorts of yeast for sale when she finally opens back up. So visit Above the Rest Home Brewing and Flyboy Brewing and Parallel 14. No, Parallel 45. 45. 45. 45. you got to get the parallel, right? Parallel. You're well, going to center of the wrong place on the planet. Parallel 11, two ones. <laughs> no, Parallel 45. All right, man. Well, let's get out of here. We'll come up back at you guys in a week. Uh, be safe. Wash your hands. Shelter in place. Do all that good stuff. Stay healthy. Tim Beers.
I want the people to know that they still have two out of three branches of the government working for them, and that ain't bad.